In the world of business, profit is everything. Those that are not profitable are condemned from memory. And the most important business of all is watching anime. Welcome back to the weekly anime performance review. The show where we review the performance of anime weekly. We are your three high-powered anime business executives. I am John, your blackmailer of superheroes. I am Chris, also known as the Bastard. And I'm Andrew, and boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. If you can't tell by our titles, uh, this week we are talking about Super Crooks, which is an anime that just recently was added to Netflix. Uh, it is based on a graphic novel by uh, Mark Miller and a co-author whose name I don't remember, and I feel bad. Uh, <clears throat> it's it's a spinoff of another uh, comic called... Uh, Jupiter's Legacy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mark Miller like has his like own independent like universe where a lot of his comics are set, yeah. uh, including uh, Jupiter's Legacy and uh, Super Crooks and Nemesis. And Netflix acquired the rights to like his whole catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a bunch of projects in the works, and this is one of them. Uh, but it's an anime collaboration between Netflix and a Japanese animation studio. So it does fit like narrow definitions of anime, although we are fast and loose with the definition of anime on this show. Yeah. It is originally in Japanese. Mm-hmm. I believe so on Netflix that shows that. And to be fair, this is a similar style to like Great Pretender type of thing. Yeah. Which I, I would yeah. count as anime. So Great Pretender was also an anime. It was also like anime by the narrow definition. Yeah. I mean these both I feel like are very, very similar. But yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, the general premise of this show is, um, that it's a, it's a world of superheroes and supervillains, much like many that we, uh, are familiar with, uh, good Lord, are we familiar with superheroes and supervillains lately? Uh, but anyway, uh, so this was made by bones. Oh, it was. This this show is a, is a, a basically a supervillain heist anime. Uh, it concerns a kind of group of small time supervillains uh, pulling off a big job and trying to secure a good life for themselves um, and get out of the game. So it's about this kind of ragtag group of superpowered individuals uh, going on some really epic heists. But our main characters include uh, Johnny Bolt, who can control electricity. He's sort of our viewpoint character for the whole thing. And in fact, the whole first episode is an extended flashback to his childhood. Uh, but the rest of the show picks up and uh, concerns his, his and his compatriots' exploits to uh, get rich quick and live easy. Yeah, like that's literally the motive is, hey, can we have money? <laughs> uh, first off, uh, on the production side... As we've already mentioned, this is a Bones anime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bones uh, are probably the best at action animation in the game, I'd say. Maybe Trigger. Trigger, yeah. Uh, 
Trigger is definitely up there as well. Trigger is definitely like has their very like idiosyncratic way of drawing action. Uh, but it's different from the way other studios do it, of course. And when they want to, A1 Pictures can. A1 yeah. Pictures has all that money to throw around. Um, yeah, while we're speaking about <laughs> animations, I really... I think the best piece of animation in this is... Um, spoiler, there's a s- superhero brothers who pretty much are invulnerable. Like, they can... If their arm comes off, they just regrow it. And yeah, they're, they're like Wolverine. They just re- they just regenerate like forever. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where they animate that, and it's really good. It's disgusting, yeah. but it's really good. <laughs> this show has some of the best animated gore I've ever seen. And since it's uh, it's on Netflix, there's no need to be censorious, unlike if it was on Japanese TV. And it was like honestly like. I think they were my favorite characters just because, like, they had no regard for, like, like, they didn't care if they got hurt, so they would just, like, take, just tank attacks. Well, the way that they defeated a trap at one point is they just ran down the hallway and kept getting cut to shreds <laughs> over and over. Mm. Well, and one of my other favorite <laughs> moments with them was when, like, they're doing the heist on the Supermax plane. And like one of them just dives straight into a jet engine. Yeah, which I think they missed. I think <coughs> they were supposed to land on the plane. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he was intended to land in the jet engine, but it's extremely funny. Or the cool part is um, in a fight, one of them on the plane, the other one throws their leg into the engine to cover the enemy yeah. in blood so that they can't see. Like, that's just yeah. really cool usage of powers and stuff. Yeah, it's it's very much uh, they're very clever with like how like if you like had this power, you would figure out a lot of ways to use it in action. And like, like they're your, great examples of that. Like your brother's in a chokehold and you can't get him out. So you just rip off his leg and use it as a weapon. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yes, all of their guts are rendered in very loving detail. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I want to shout out the show's character design because it has some of like the coolest characters uh I've ever seen just like in terms of their designs. Like uh, both of Johnny's designs are super, super cool. Casey is gorgeous. (laughs) It's it's one of those shows where like characters designs really do speak for themselves really well. You can kind of tell what they're about just by their design. Yeah, well, sometimes it's fun to have the trope of this character looks like this, but is like this. They do a really good job of matching those two up, I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a fun <laughs> trope, but they don't do that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're very much like all in keeping with like what they look like. Uh, mm-hmm. Like even like the characters that like, you know, are one way, but their true nature is another. Like you can tell just from their design. That that's how they are. Actually, though, I kind of feel like that's kind of a theme about it, though. But yeah, we can get to that. Uh, and that's something we'll get into later. <laughs> um, OP and ED are really good. The OP and ED are fantastic in this one. I think you only uh, listen to the ED like once, but I like the first 10 seconds. <laughs> the OP is like very simple in terms of visuals, but like it's got some really impressive like rotoscopes dancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows off all the characters it's kind of got like you know really stylized shadows very cool 
And it's a bop. It's also a bop. It's just great. I didn't really like it at first, but it grew on me. Production wise, it's almost there's almost nothing you can criticize it for. Mm-hmm. It's very well done on that standpoint. And um, I think we're good to move on to our story critique, right? Yeah. Uh, I really, really, really love the pacing of this show. Like, yeah, this show is very good at like giving you just enough buildup that you that you just that you're like at the right level of anticipation before you like cross over into like, all right, get to it already. Like, there's really like almost no action in the first two episodes, aside from like the huge accident in episode one. Uh, and it all builds up to three and four where like they have their, you know, their big chase scene and then the fight with the Praetorian. Mm-hmm. If you can call it that. Yeah. If you can call it what, the, what the Praetorian did a fight. Uh, <laughs> I think something the show also does really good is that normally in like heist shows, cause that's what this is. Um, at the last second, they're about to be defeated, but there's, Oh, clever twist. Um, it goes the opposite way. <laughs> The first two times of like, oh, they're about to get away. And then, oh, um, never mind. Oops. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is very funny that like of the, I think, the four different jobs that they do in this show, only one yeah. succeeds. <laughs> two of them. Technically. Technically, they do rescue. TK. there we go. We got there. But yeah, so we have our opening arc that introduces us to Johnny and Casey, uh, which is like the first four or so episodes. And then uh, Casey introduces Johnny to the Heat, who is planning this huge job uh, that's going to set up everyone involved for life. And so they get the rest of their crew, including uh, Ghost, who can phase through solid objects and is a safe cracker. The Diesel Brothers, who are the aforementioned guys that regenerate from anything. Uh, <clears throat> TK who is telekinetic forecast uh, who can control the weather. Which I feel like with a pilot like that, he'd be a bigger name, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the heat has like heat guns that he uses to melt through like safes and stuff. Uh, uh, Carmine, the heat is technically not like super in the traditional sense. He does not have innate superpowers. He just had like uh, the fire guns, which is fine. I like that. Mm-hmm. not all superheroes are super type of thing you know um yeah but i think it never feels like we're on each of these missions for too long you know yeah because like you know i was worried that like when they introduced the big job in like episode five that it was going to be all the way through episode 13 and i was just gonna be like oh god but no it's like it's it's a couple shorter things that lead into a final arc that's not too over long like when we talked and like we're we're going to compare it to Great Pretender again. We all really liked the first three jobs they pulled in Great Pretender. But we all thought the fourth one lasted way too long. <laughs> uh, none of the none of the heists they pull in this one. Um, overstay their welcome. I think it's that's probably why you see a lot of heist movies rather than heist shows, just because it's hard to like build up to a heist for too long before executing on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the only heist show I know of is leverage and in that there are very rarely heists that continue across episodes. Mm -hmm. I think the first heist, 
I think the with the one with the motorcycle chase where there's just one whole episode of them in the chase. I think that goes yeah. on a bit too long. That I one think, does go yeah. on a bit long, but I think it's at least partially to uh, introduce us to the world after the flash forward because the first episode is all in flashback. Well, and it does a good job of showing how the superheroes are not heroes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very much uh, the kind of setting where um, everyone is after their own self-interest and it's just how scrupulous they are uh, with it that separates heroes from villains. And more of how the public perceives them or what they do to it for it. Like, are they stealing stuff or not? That's it. That's the only difference. Because, like, the the hero that they meet in that in the motorcycle chase episode is a rubber ball who's, like, a complete doofus and kind of an asshole, but like he's trying to stop them and that makes him a quote hero end quote. Yeah. Well, cause in the chase, he like he's, he turns into a rubber ball and bounces around. He crushes like so much concrete, so many cars, <laughs> he like, like destroys an entire block of San Francisco yeah. real estate <laughs> to try and stop them. Yeah. And it's like, that's not a hero. And like, they, they've like caused traffic jams, but they haven't like hurt anybody. <laughs> Yeah, I think villains, the main cast of villains that are not the bastard. Yeah, never the non-exchange, the non-network like, villains. Yes. Yeah, there we go. One thing that I wish, I don't know if this is story-wise or character-wise that happened, is that mm. the way that eventually they defeat the Praetorian, who I think pretty much defeated them in every heist, essentially. Mm-hmm. is they use a different hero. Yes. <laughs> and I kind of feel like that was a bit cheap. Like, I get it's cool, but it's like, I wish that they thought of an, a way to defeat him. Um, You know. Praetorian's kind of busted, though. <laughs> I mean, yes. I think in the comic that it's based on, it's just, like, it's just a short series, and it's just the last heist. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like just when they're stealing from the bastard. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually in Spain instead of Japan in the comic. But I think that mean that just makes when like the Praetorian is more an obstacle rather in mm-hmm. the comics rather than a um like nemesis. Yeah, cuz he's essentially the only character that opposes them in multiple heists, right? Mhm. Uh, technically the bastard, but technically I think it's only well. I uh, yeah, I guess I get what you're saying, but pretty much whenever they failed a heist, it was because of the Praetorian. Yes, <laughs> really, real big stroke of bad luck. I do think I'm not going to say sloppy writing because I don't think that's the right thing, but I do wish that they were the ones who defeated him, not someone else. You know, but yeah, yeah that's fine. I mean, it was it was Johnny's guile that got uh, Gladiator there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, like it was it was Johnny's plan to get Gladiator to uh, yes. come on the heist with them. Mm-hmm. I also <laughs> just love how the Gladiator is like, I'm just I'm just taking pleasure in watching you guys get the shit beat out of you before I step in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who here um, saw Casey's? thing happening like a mile away 
her making the bastard think that he still had her and all that, but the whole time he was not. I think when she got her head blown up, there was like a brief second where I was like, oh shit, she's dead. But then I realized, wait, no, she's not dead. She has mind power. She tricked him. Yeah, I, I, I was the same way with me as with Chris, where I was, I, I, I was for a second, I was like, wait, did they really do it? But nah. For me, it was when she pushed the bastard back. I'm like, she can't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. His powers work pretty quick. Yeah, well, no, she like physically pushed him back. Oh, yeah, yeah. And her power is pretty much causing them to have an illusion. So, you know, that's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the whole re and I'm just not realizing that part of the reason that she and um, what, Roddy Diesel. Yeah. Uh, came to his office so she could get like a mental picture of it uh, mm-hmm. for later. That was something I didn't even like think about until now, like literally right now as we're recording. <laughs> I love how Roddy is like actually like a physicist. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's actually a physicist. Like after they're done with the job, he becomes he like makes the Hadron Collider or whatever. And I love how his brother is not. And he like just spends all his money on booze and women. And it's like, yeah, sure. Do we want to talk about more characters? I kind of feel like we're there. Sure. Yeah, I think we're ready to talk about characters. I think the most compelling character in this show is Casey um, because a lot of their plans wind up uh, hinging on her just because her power is so like crazy useful, but she's not, Mm -hmm. she's not really someone who wants to exploit people with her power long-term because like if she wanted to, she could like become like one of the top people just because of like how ridiculous her power is. But she's like, I really just want to like do one job and then like manage my finances well and just like live freely and happily. Yeah, well, she's a villain because that's her powers lend her to that and stuff. But mm. she really just wants to get out of here and live a safe life. Yeah, and she's smart about it because she's like, I know villains end up in prison or dead. I don't want that, you know. Yeah, and that's like a big contrast between like the the main cast and the network villains is that like the network villains are career people and like they never get anywhere just because they just keep getting caught and sent to Supermax. Whereas like they're just like, we're going to do this and then just like chill. <laughs> it's yeah. a means to an end, not the end itself. Yeah, right. Because like they're they're not theirs isn't corporatized, which is kind of how Johnny is at first. Like he just he's just doing it for the thrill. Right. Yeah. Right. He's doing it because like it's like all he's ever been able to do because like he kind of blew his chance to be a hero before it even started. So it, it's so part a big part of Johnny's arc is that he learns to like stop living for cheap thrills and like to see things from Casey's perspective and just be like, all right, yeah, it is better to just like do your thing and then live. <laughs> You know, it's about learning to make a future rather than just, like, fuck around. I think that's what made, like, episode 10 so painful when he was like going on the crime spree before their wedding night. Because you know mm-hmm. it's going to end with him getting caught. And even if he doesn't get caught, it's going to be on the news, you know, like. Yeah. I, I figured, like, I, and I was I was not expecting that, that they just, like, 
skipped another five years into the future after he gets out of Supermax again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, but he comes back and he kind of is like, everything's normal, right? Everything's good. Casey and I are still fine, you know? He might have thought, but he didn't know how much he might have messed up. <laughs> See, after his second release from Supermax is when he's finally has to be like, okay, I have to really do some introspection here. I, man. <laughs> but yes, a lot of the characters aren't, don't really have as like intensive arcs as uh, Johnny and Casey do. Or really Johnny in particular. Casey's the voice of reason the whole time. Yeah. It's, Casey's pretty consistent. And it, really the thing is it's because it's about Johnny mm-hmm. and the rest of the characters are secondary to that. You know, they don't, really change which is fine but they're all so much fun (laughs) yes uh speaking of fun characters the bastard is a very good villain yeah uh (laughs) i know this won't mean shit to either of you but he reminds me a bit of geese from uh from the king of fighters series but yes he's an extremely fun villain. he's very intimidating (laughs) uh yeah well, because I don't know if we said this, but his power is that he can make people's heads explode. Yes. <laughs> like. That's just like. Terrifying. Yeah, uh, and it's not really even specified how far away, how, how close or far away he has to be to be able to do it. He, he's been pretty far in some of these. Yeah, because like there's the now that I think about it, you're right, because like he does it to all the people in Supermax that stop clapping for him first. And for the guard whose cell phone is ringing, he's in front far, of him. but he has to have like line of sight, so that's why he uses yeah. a sniper scope, I think. Mm-hmm. And he says it helps him focus it. Yeah. Which, yeah, that makes sense. I'll buy it. Uh. <clears throat> and also, a lot of the shows, this character, this characters in this show that are like, you know, bit parts or like show up for one episode or half an episode are really, really funny and entertaining as well. Like Rubber Ball, like we already mentioned, was a very funny character. Yeah. And Count Orlock, uh, for the brief time that he actually did show up, was very funny. He was just like a weird, kooky old man. Yeah, he pretty much went senile. Yeah. Or he was just always a weirdo, and we never, because we didn't like get any dialogue from flashback with him. So, like, even like the, the really small bit parts are very funny. Um, also uh, it was the the guard that uh in the second episode when johnny was getting released from supermax was voiced by the guy who voices jet and cowboy bebop and it was a little bit distracting he's such a distinctive voice. okay yeah i'm like he sounds so familiar <laughs> at least i uh, did y- y'all both watched in english i assume right yeah yeah i think uh, the thing that i thought about when we were talking about character design is that mm-hmm. all the villains are true to themselves and they're true to their character designs. And the heroes kind of aren't most of the time. Yeah, the heroes that do get focus uh, are kind of duplicitous in nature. Like, obviously, we can't really speak to, like, the, the utopian because, like, he's right. not really that important. It's really just, like, he's just a mechanism of the plot. They just, like, do, you know, they had to do the thing in Pittsburgh to get all of them right. out of the tower. Uh, but like the heroes that really do get focus are Gladiator and Praetorian, and both of them are duplicitous, whereas the villains are, like you said, true to themselves. 
Right, and the Praetorian's the worst version, because the Gladiator just, um, in the public, right, he's unfaithful to his husband, and so it's kind of like you contrast that to Casey and Johnny, who very much love each other, even though they don't have the best relationship, but they they want to do good for each other. And then you have, you have the Praetorian, who is a fucking whack job. I have to assume that he's just in it for the money. <laughs> well, the thing is, he says, oh, I'm here for justice. And like, he wants justice to be done. But he is like, he killed so many civilians and stuff. Like, he can't be, you know? So, yeah. yeah money or fame or something had to be it. But yes, the, the villains are, the main villains are much more uh, authentic to themselves than a lot of the heroes that get focused. Um, and like Carmine has his uh, his bit about like you know having principles. Yeah, even the bastard is true to himself at least. But by the same token, you have the network, which is kind of uh, corrupting that idea that you know the villains are true to themselves because they right. you know the network makes it so that it's not about them; it's about you know making sure they don't get murked for not getting their job done. Right. Yeah. Of like. The network controls, honestly, some heroes as well as some villains. Like, kind of, if you ever, um, if you watch The Boys, that's very mm-hmm. much a kind of theme in it of, like, making the hero's image publicized. It's kind of the same thing for villains in this one of, like, running everything so that way people going to prison is part of the system and part of this process, you know? Mm-hmm. See, I think a major, major theme of this show is, um, <clears throat> you know, self-interest might not always be good, but it's at least better than working for the interests of people that don't care about you. Yeah. Like, what are they getting by going to prison? You know? <laughs> prison time. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, that's not, that's something that, I'm not going to say they aspire to, but they're like, oh yeah, I went to prison for because that's kind of, you know, I got caught. Oh, no. But like. Who wants to go to prison? No one. Exactly. <laughs> I hope. This is this is apropos of nothing, but I just realized Johnny's Japanese name is Johnny Boruto. Oh, no. So it would, have, it would be Johnny Boruto. <laughs> well, uh, show's bad, actually. <laughs> I'm kidding. But yeah, that's that's one of our big themes, of course. And also, like, so yeah, I think the big thing here is like living for yourself versus, you know, becoming a cog in the machine. <laughs> and like, obviously, self-interest has its limits. But if those are your options, it's better. Something as well is that like the public turned. I'm not going to say so fast because it took like five years, but they turned on the Praetorian and stuff. And like, that's got to be. That's something that happens all the time, especially in today with like cancel culture and stuff. I wouldn't consider it a major theme, but there's definitely some commentary on like superheroes and celebrity culture. Like, you know, in the first episode, like Johnny has like a serious like parasocial relationship with the utopian. And, you know, he wants to be a hero so he can be friends with the with the utopian. Uh, 
and then like you know they cover superheroes like they're you know like the kardashians or whatever on the news yeah and they have like a giant museum that people go to and it's like a tourist exhibit of different stuff about them and how like the superheroes arrive at the superhero tower but it's really like a red carpet event type of thing you know if they go there to be seen as superheroes you know See, it's a there's this there's this thing going on of like perception versus uh, versus the authentic self. But I really, really enjoyed this one. This one was very fun. I was going to like I remember like I planned to watch it in like three episode chunks and like space out four of those. But I wound up like watching it in two big chunks just because it was so much fun. I mean, I'm with you on that plan. I just got started late that um, that didn't mm-hmm. happen. <laughs> it's it's very much a. Um, this one is extremely bingeable just because it's so well paced yeah. and funnels you through it so fast. And it like, you know, it was made to be binged and it works. Really I well agree, actually. Like it was. I think there were a lot of flashbacks that felt a lot like filler and didn't really need to be there. Uh, what, yeah. what's, what's an example? Uh, there's the one where TK and. Uh, where like TK and Johnny are like, hey, remember that time we met in prison? And then they flashed back to when they were in prison. Uh, I think the whole flashback of um, the Heat being in like a criminal gang with Count Orlock and the Bastard, like that that felt like a lot of wasted time because nothing really came of them knowing each other. Like he could have just been like, oh yeah, I knew the Bastard and count orlock back in the day and that's it part of it is that this might have been made as well i mean this was made as like a secondary piece Mm -hmm. to jupiter rising you know and without knowing that i don't know how much this plays off of like oh yeah we know those people you know i don't know yeah it's i think it's it's uh it's might what you're talking about might be it's suffering a little bit from it, you know, being part of this larger universe and wanting to like make connections where it might not strictly be necessary. I also feel like there were just a lot of episodes about things that really didn't need to be one whole episode. Like there was the motorcycle chase earlier. I feel like they could have combined that in the second episode where the Praetorian came out, shows up into just one I think they really didn't need a whole episode of them just sitting around in a bar while uh, they're all like, oh, am I going to do this job or not? I think that scene, that could have just been a scene. Yeah, well, I think it was kind of setting up, not setting up, but explaining their motivations a bit. Yeah. But like also, the only characters really got to know were Casey and Johnny. That's true. Yeah. Uh I'm glad we have at least another perspective on this, but yeah. I had a ton of fun with this one. This is one of my favorites that we've done for OVAs recently. Really? Uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. More than I expected to. I was kind of like, I had no idea what, does, what to expect going in with this one, and I had so much fun with it. You know, my, my takeaway, I guess, my, my concluding thoughts is that, you know, it's very lovingly done production-wise. Uh, performances are a lot of fun. It's, it's just a good time, and it's not too long. <laughs> Uh, it does take a little while to get going, so it's not necessarily something you might, but it's it's a, not very committal either. It's only 13 episodes. Uh, 
it's just it's just fun. I don't know. That's that's my take on it anyway. Yeah. I recommend my, it. Oh, my take is that it was a very easy watch and mm-hmm. it had some interesting stuff going on. Do I need to watch it again? No. No. It's not life changing, but you know what? <laughs> not everything has to be. Yeah, if you want something to watch that's fun and you really don't have to think about it, mm-hmm. um then you can watch this. Even though Andrew and I spent a lot of time thinking about it in this episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a lot to think about, but you don't have to. I honestly think it's better if you don't think about it. <laughs> okay, Chris. So is this like Chris a negative is review? A bit for negative me? on this one. Yeah. Like like just if I don't if I spend most of the episode of an OVA not talking, it's because I real I probably didn't enjoy it that much. Andrew and I liked this one quite a bit. Chris, not as much. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it. It just it's just I didn't enjoy it as much as y'all did. Okay. I think if this were a movie, I would really like it. It would be a good movie. Or like, so this has been our uh, discussion of Super Crooks. I have been John. Your what did I say? So this has been our discussion of Super Crooks. Uh, our next uh, episode will be decided by a poll of you guys. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at WapperCast to vote in this poll. There will also be a link to it uh, in the episode description on your preferred listening platform. Um, I'll, I'll go into detail about my choice to give you time to think. Uh, my choice for uh, my choice for next month's uh, for next episode is Blood Blockade Battlefront. Um, it is an action series and it was written by the same, uh, author and artist that drew the Trigun manga, which is of course one of my favorites of all time. Uh, so I want to see what he's been up to since that manga wrapped. So that is why I want to watch this show. I'm going to pick devil is a part-timer. Okay. I picked it before. Um, it was an anime that I remember watching and enjoying, but this was also kind of back when I hadn't seen that many. So I, I kind of want to mm-hmm. take a look back and see if it actually stands up. I mean, I've heard now good that things. You've, now that you've immersed yourself in the pool of anime. Right. If like I liked it and, you know, I don't know if I'd call it one of my top anime or not, but now that I've looked at others, like my, you know. Okay. So you want to reassess it now that you've, uh, you know, yeah. found your critical voice a little bit more. And I know there's a season two, I think, that came out. I think it's coming out. It's too. coming out. OK. I'm picking I'm picking Code Geass because I want to buy clothes at the soup store. Should uh, so those are your options for the February poll. We've decided that uh, we'll be doing a switch off sort of thing where we will still do the poll episode once a month like we have been doing, but the other episode will be decided by us using our secret methods. Okay, us all just being like, yeah, sure, that sounds good. We just pick the mystery pick ourselves instead of taking a vote from the audience. So you get to vote on more episodes than you did before. Hi, this is Future Chris. We decided that we're going to do Psychopaths as our next OVA, and that'll be coming out in two weeks on January 28th. So get excited for that. Do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with all that being said, I've been John, your CEO of Weebs. I've been Chris, 
Also known as the Bastard. And I've been Andrew and... Oh, sorry, I came already. Beep boop. Ravioli.